This episode of Running Down the Clock is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan Skincare. Busy Bee is an all-natural skincare line dedicated to healthy, vegan, plant-based skincare and overall wellness. They offer a selection of handcrafted body scrubs, butters, and washes that not only make your skin glow, but smell amazing. Their unique all-natural scents include gingerbread, ruby grapefruit, caramel cake, and morning latte. So why not treat your skin to something fresh and all-natural? Head over to shopbusybeevegan.com today. And as a special bonus, Busy Bee is offering listeners of this podcast a 15% discount on your first order with the code Ordinary Podcasts. Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello everybody, welcome back. I am Tyler Walzak and I'm here with... Puyo Racy, and today we're going through the NFC East. NFC East consists of the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, and the newly nicknamed Washington Commanders. Let's start here. How do you feel about that name? I don't love it. I think it's one of those names that's going to take a little time to grow on me. I think, obviously, as everyone will agree, it's better than Washington football team, but it doesn't have that comedic value, which everyone did kind of like about Washington now, football team. Now, the, the comedic value, did you hear the cheer that the fans started when the name came out? Oh, no, I haven't heard this. We are commanders. Bum, bada, bum, bum, bum. I feel like that's a State Farm or something. Yeah, it is. It 100% is State Farm, and I hope it catches on in the stadium because it's absolutely ridiculous. But it's also something that would be endearing considering that State Farm has been running commercials on NFL for like the last three years. Wait a minute. No, it's not. It's uh, Farmer's Insurance, actually. Fair enough. I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. We we might see another name change next year, no? Yeah, who knows? It's... it's, They happen all the time. But... um, should we talk about their actual team? They got a new quarterback, Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz, at one point in his career, his second season, I believe, he was an MVP candidate for the, I think he played 13 games that year. He went 11-2. and two. They ended up winning the Super Bowl with a different quarterback in Nick Foles, who now, funny enough, has a statue outside of their stadium. Um, Carson Wentz obviously went on to the Indianapolis Colts after that. Didn't do well. Kind of hung in there a little bit, um, but now he's with the Washington Commanders. Do you think Carson Wentz can go back to his former glory? And I know you have a little bit of a controversial opinion on this, if he even had a former glory. I think with Carson Wentz, he's one of these guys, I've mentioned it before on the podcast regarding running backs. They're extrapolating an 11-win season one time for his entire career. He was in the MVP candidate, but he's never really replicated that success. And I've seen a lot of stuff against him from coaches, from fans, from just pundits. They're all talking about, no, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. You know, he's he, he, he's not working out well in training camp. He's not working out well in practices. He's not working out well in games. Yeah. And we've seen it. It's never He's never had that same success again. He's also on a worse team this year than he was last year in Indianapolis, arguably. I mean, I think the wide receivers are better on Washington with Terry McLaurin and that guy that they drafted. Uh, Dotson? Dotson, yeah. The targets will be there because the wide receivers are there. Dotson was a first-round pick. Do, I mean, 
does how does he put it together? Like it, it is this team will live or die by him. For sure. I mean, I don't think they have enough faith in the backup, which I think took over last year, Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Taylor Heineke. So I think this is Carson Wentz season to either take them through, make the playoffs, or just throw away. And that could start to be the end of Carson Wentz's first string career. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Heineke was uh, record seven wins, eight losses last year, 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Wasn't great. Wasn't awful. They also had, I believe they had Brian Fitzpatrick last year, Fitzmagic, but he's retired and since... He's gone. He's gone. And again, he was never he was, a full-season no. guy. No. He had some great yeah. games of glory. He had a nice five-game, six-game yeah. stretch, but... He came in, got everybody excited, and then left. Is The talk yeah. about Carson Wentz is this is a guy that was an MVP candidate. He's in that conversation. So that's what you're looking for him to get success. Now, this is his last opportunity to just have a team, make a name for himself, and not just fade away into the guy who had a good season and then, um, what's his name, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl yeah, for him. Yeah, took away all his glory, didn't he? Yeah. Like, you think, I mean, do you think Carson Wentz hates Nick Foles? I don't think he can. He got injured. He didn't take his job away. Sure, but he got all the glory. He's got a statue outside. You think Carson Wentz goes by the Philadelphia Stadium? But he earned it. I, I, I don't I'm with that, but that's not the question. Do you think, do you think Carson Wentz has any ill will towards Nick Foles having a statue outside when he won 11 out of the 16 games? I think it's the same kind of ill will you'd have towards any other player on your team who plays the same comp- uh, position and tries to compete for that position. I don't think Nick Foles didn't do anything wrong to him. It was Carson Wentz's job, and when he went down, the backup quarterback did one of the best backup quarterback jobs in the history of the NFL yeah. and took him to the Super Bowl and beat the best player sure. in the history of the NFL. You can't really ask Nick Foles more than that. Sure, I agree with you. And you know what? That got him a ring. Okay, that is an easy way to think at the time. But the longer the years go and the more people say, oh, well, Nick Foles won that. Super Nick Bowl. Foles Nick doesn't Foles. have a job right now. That's the end. He's somewhere. I don't know where he is, but yeah, he is but I mean, somewhere. Again, Carson Wentz is still a little bit higher up in the football hierarchy in the food chain than Nick Foles is right now. So I don't it's think one of those, it's he should have the, that much ill will against him. Not yet. But it's like uh, the pet detective. Who's the kicker that had uh, so Laces out Ray laces, Finkel. Yeah, Ray Finkel. So it's one of those situations where as Carson Wentz lives his life over the next 10 years, do you think he slowly starts to hate the name Nick Foles? I don't think so, only because he'll hate himself more because he got hurt. Sure, but when you start hating yourself, you start blaming other people for it. Yeah, but he can blame anybody. But but he's going to blame Nick Foles. Because he's going to say, I want a Super Bowl ring, and someone's going to go, well, Nick Foles won it for you. But it's the fact. I mean, he didn't play. Hey, man, I'm with you. Did he play a single game in the playoffs? No. Carson Wentz, no. That's it. Like, I mean, he didn't play. He really... I don't care it what he says. It was the beginning and the end of his career. It was his MVP caliber season, and also he did not win the Super Bowl playing in the game. So there has to be some type of like mental stigma that comes with that. There just has to be. Can he get another 11 wins out of Washington? That'd be huge if he can. It's tough to do. This division has sucked recently. They've kind of dragged themselves into the playoffs. I think Cowboys and the Eagles made the playoffs last year. I believe both of them did. I think the Eagles just snuck in. Uh, Jalen Hurts didn't play well in that uh, in that first playoff game, but the Cowboys didn't win their first playoff game last year in the first round either. If you the infamous now, it was Dak Prescott with like ten seconds left. 
um, on the last play against the 49ers, went in and ran straight up the middle on a QB draw for 17 yards, slid on the ground, uh, and they couldn't down it in time, and the game ended, and 49ers moved on. And it was one of those things where it was, was this Dak Prescott's mistake or was this a coaching mistake? Nobody really knows. No one has had it figured out. But that was kind of – that's this division is it's nobody wants it, so it's kind of everybody just fumbles into it. Yeah, I mean, this definitely, again, is another division where it is up for grabs. Now, I personally, I think from you and I talking, we're both leaning towards the Eagles maybe being the favorites kind of to take this one. Yeah. They seem like they got some good firepower in the uh, the good receivers. Their quarterback is definitely questionable. I mean, he is a young guy. He has to prove himself. He hasn't had all the opportunity to have done so, so I don't want to take anything away from the guy. I personally like his character, the way he presents himself, the way he conducts himself with fans, with interviews, just his, his overall appearance and how he wants to train. I think he is poised for success. Whether he has the talent, that's still to be determined. We haven't seen enough of him in pressure situations during the stretch of a full season where this is his team this year. Yeah, And I think we can say that with every quarterback in the division, there's a set quarterback right now. Yes, so if you go through the four quarterbacks in this division, you have Dak Prescott with the Cowboys. That's his job. He will not lose that job. And going in, I think what you mean is going into this season, Washington is going with Carson Wentz. Philadelphia is going with Jalen Hurts. And New York Giants are going with Daniel Jones. And it's, so those four quarterbacks are locked in at their starting positions for week one. Whether any of them, except for I would say Dak Prescott's probably, he'll be with the Dallas Cowboys for the next four or five years. But the rest of the three, this could be their last years on these teams. I would say in order, it would go Jalen Hurts probably has more uh, job stability. And then Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones, this, there's one year. You have one year left to prove yourself. After that, it's, you're gone. Daniel Jones' contract's up at the end of this year, and Carson Wentz's contract, I don't know what it is, but they can move on from him at the end of this year. Well, let me ask you this. If three of those guys are having losing seasons, that's being not, not including Dak Prescott there, who's the first one to get pulled? Who's backups and taking then, over first? Well, I think... So let's talk about the backups real quick, because Daniel Jones' backup is Tyrod Taylor, who had an unfortunate... Incident with the Chargers where, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be the San Diego Chargers starting quarterback, and then he punctured his lung. One of his ribs broke and punctured his lung, so he wasn't able to... Oh, no, someone put a needle into him and punctured his lung. He was the doctor, the team doctor. So the story there, obviously, Justin Herbert came in and was fantastic. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league now. So Cleveland, what happened was uh, he got injured, unfortunately, just as they got Baker Mayfield. It was his team. Yeah. He took a bad injury, and then Baker took over. So with Daniel Jones not being what the Giants have wanted him to be, I think maybe they switch early because also that New York press and that fan base is not very patient. So they could call for Daniel Jones to be pulled rather quickly, whereas I feel like the Washington Commanders fan base doesn't have that much of a, um ability to call for another quarterback they've had different fucking quarterbacks for the last three or four years they've been asking for yeah perhaps daniel jones saving grace might be the giants just have to be better than the jets that'll save that's, them from the that's 100 true that's tough though because well we we'll get into the jets um when we talk about the afc east but they've got a, a guy that's young and exciting that because daniel jones when he got drafted by the giants they did not want him 
he was like, why? Like he wasn't Danny Dimes. Like he was okay, but I don't think they were happy about him. It's just the his saving grace. I think might actually be that they just stole the offensive coordinator from the Bills and Brian Dayball, who made Josh Allen what Josh Allen is. He is now the head coach of the New York Giants. So if there is anybody that you want to help your young quarterback, it's probably him. So he might be able to save this kid. I don't know if he'll be able to save the franchise, but he might be able to make this another contract for Daniel Jones come out of this. But also all of that relies on what who's in New York to help Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay stinks. Tony? Tony? I don't know if he's got the best attitude for a pro. Can take Can Davies... Tony Cantavius, what's his name? Could yeah, I, I mean I gotta pull up the first name. The first name's a little bit uh foreign he, for me. He's the other wide receiver beside Kenny Galladay, though, right? Yeah. He's not a bad Kadarius player. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, there you go. He's not a bad player. I just feel like, and again, this is just based on my own personal opinion. He's one of these guys, he loves the superstardom a little too much, a little too early, without having accomplished enough. He's not putting in as much work as he can. Is he out all the time? I don't know anything about this kid. I just saw some of the reports last year, and like it, it oh, doesn't right. seem like he's putting in as much of an effort. He's a little bit of, uh, I don't know if prima donna is the right word, but he's got a little bit of uh, attitude, okay. which isn't working in his favor to just... Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Jerry Rice kind of player. You keep your head down, you work hard, you're in your accomplishments, and then you can it's talk all the trash you want. comparison. You're going from no, a Hall of Fame, saying, I'm not arguably the, the best accolades. I'm not saying the accolades. I'm saying the work ethic. Sure. To just keep your head down, put in the work, earn your respect, earn your accolades, and then you can talk trash, you can command the room, whatever you want. I agree with that statement. I agree with that statement. Um, does it help that the guy that he's looking up to, the veteran in the room in Kenny Galladay is not performing to what his contract is. He came in with a huge contract coming off of a Lions team where when he was with the Lions in one season, he had 1,190 yards and 11 touchdowns. Last year with the Giants, he had 521 yards and zero touchdowns. I think it all goes back to people never giving Matt Stafford his proper due. He was a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Still is. Still is. Oh, still is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but a lot of guys on the Lions did great with him. The Lions were a terrible team. Yeah. We talked yeah. about Marvin Jones last week. Yeah. He, you know, he built a lot of guys' careers having just a great rapport with a lot of receivers. Yeah. And Galladay, I don't remember him doing anything since he went to uh, New York. Uh, no, he hasn't, he hasn't done anything. He's been a failure. He's been super injury prone. He's kind of lost that thing that made him great. Now, the other person in New York that could help Daniel Jones is Saquon Barkley. So his career kind of stinks. Again, he's another one of these guys where his rookie season was amazing. He set such a high expectation. And, of course, injuries have had a part to do with it, but I'm not sure if we'll ever see the Saquon Barkley, which everybody was expecting to see season after season. He seems like he's had kind of a short little burst of a, of a spectacular career. And I like the guy. I like his attitude. I'd like to see him succeed, but I just... I don't know if it's going to happen again, especially being on a bad team. It's a tough position to take over on a bad team, especially when you already have some injuries. It seems like you're just going to take on more of a workload, put the team on your back, and keep getting hurt. He was also one of those guys that, as a running back, we've seen a trend over the last 10 years where running backs don't get drafted in the top five as much anymore, and he was, I think, drafted second overall. So it's one of those things where right away the expectations for him were probably higher than what he 
had the capability of doing. Again, his rookie season was amazing. He met those expectations. In the rookie season, yes. Uh, Torres ACL hasn't been the same since, but isn't the expectations of a guy like that to have a long career, not just one great season? For sure. I mean, I don't think they drafted him to be good that rookie season. He was he was going to be a name in the league. He yeah. was going to be a household name, like a regular. I think he was going to be kind of what Christian McCaffrey was for those few seasons, and he dropped off, right? Yeah. He had thir- his rookie season, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. Last year, 593 yards, two touchdowns. He only played 13 games last season, but actually for his track record, 13 games is a kind of a lot. So he'll have to be able to find his game again in order for Daniel Jones to have any chance of finding Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Kadarius Tony. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This Giants team, I think they finished last in this in this division by far. Um, now, while we're talking about wide receivers, let's go to who I think between Dallas and the Eagles, well, that could probably win this division. I think the Eagles have the better wide receiving core. They went out this past offseason. They got A.J. Brown from Tennessee, who is a star wide receiver. And they drafted Devontae Smith, the lat, not this past offseason, but the offseason before that. Now, the Eagles have not had a 1,000-yard wide receiver in the last seven seasons. Devontae Smith had 916 yards last year. Do you think that one or maybe both of these guys can get 1,000 yards this year? Again, that definitely. I think the receivers have the potential. They, got, I think they got a good young receiving core. I think it's it's definitely there to be successful. The mystery is Jalen Hurts. How good can he be? Yeah, no, and, that's that's well, that's yeah. Kind of, we alluded to it a little bit earlier, but we didn't get into a depth. I think that when you look at Jalen Hurts, you see one of the most athletic players in the NFL. Whether his arm strength or his accuracy is there, that's kind of the that's kind of the drawback with him. He was amazing in college, but in college is a little bit different of game. It's a little more your skill level above everybody else will determine whether or not you can win games. Whereas the NFL, everybody's kind of on that same skill level. So it's one of those things where if he becomes more of a quarterback instead of just a, a like you know what I mean, instead of just an athletic guy that's at quarterback then they probably have a shot. Yeah, I mean, who's who's the backup there? Gardner Minshew? Yeah, if it's not working with Jalen Hurts, does Gardner Minshew step up? And Is Gardner Minshew good? Who? Well, I don't know why people think that Gardner Minshew is good. I've never seen Gardner Minshew do anything good. Gardner Minshew, I think, is a name and a personality more than he is anything else. He wears the American flag on his head. He's got the handlebar mustache. He's like everything you would want in a character. And the NFL wants characters. He's everything you want in a character. But as far as quarterbacks go, like his best record in a season was six and six. The year after that, he went one and seven. Like who? The guy's not a good. He's not a good football player. Jalen Hurts is a better football player than Gardner Minshew. I, I agree, and that's why Jalen Hurts is given the starting spot right now. I don't think Gardner Minshew is a fantastic player. He was on a terrible Jacksonville team, and I think some of the little folklore behind him was. He was this guy that just didn't give a damn about anything. He came in, I think he won maybe his first game, first two games for an abysmal Jacksonville team. And he did it in his own weird, you know, backcountry American style. Yeah. And he kind of captured the fans' attention. Yeah. Now, in terms of a long-term quarterback to win you football games, I don't think he's ever proven that. And I don't think anybody really believes that. And that's why he has the position that he has, right? 
what I'm saying is, is he going to even take over? If it's not working with Jalen Hurts 10, 11 games into the season, do they give it to Gardner Minshew or are they looking for something else? I think you look for something else. I don't think you give it. I think if you give up on Jalen Hurts to go to Gardner Minshew, you've given up on your season. So I think they'll win games just based on their talent level. Like their running backs are pretty good with Miles Sanders and uh, Gainwell. Those guys can run the ball. The offensive line is good. Their defense is good. I think they have one of the better cornerbacks. We don't talk about defense a lot here, but Darius Slay was a all-pro with the Lions, and then stupid idiot Matt Patricia got rid of him because they didn't like his attitude, which is insane because all the guy does is is lockdown defenders. He's one of the best lockdown defenders in the league. So if you have the wide receivers on your side and you have the DBs on your side, all you kind of need from Jalen Hurts is a guy that doesn't throw two interceptions a game. If he can keep it under two interceptions a game, then I think they win more games than they lose. I think they're a better team than the Cowboys overall, which is kind of hard to say because I think Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in this division. But I don't know if that team is necessarily there. Well, two things. Number one, I don't think Jalen Hurts, this is his season to kind of start coming out of his shell a little bit. You know, He's got the starting role to start the season. He's been working with the of the receivers in training camp. He's got eager young guys that are probably going to want to play and make a name for himself as well. I think, personally, over the next couple of years, he's going to improve. And I think he'll be a solid quarterback for Philadelphia for a few years. I think so, too. Now, talking about Dallas, I don't know if they got better after last season. They did not. So if you look at their roster now, they lost a um, well. A lot of their offensive line has had some turnover, which is usually the strength in Dallas. So having a weaker, and I, I want to say weaker just because there was a strong offensive line last year, but new guys coming in, it could be a different offensive line that has to kind of find their rhythm and their timing. But they also lost Amari Cooper, who is, I think, a 1B to CeeDee Lamb, but is also considered one of the top wide receivers in the league. Does losing him a big factor for this offense? I mean, I think yes. I don't think he's the top in the conversation of top receiver in the league, but he is a solid receiver. I don't think you, you look away from having a guy like him on your team. And I don't think they replaced him. Who they have right now as receivers, well, they, I think... They did not replace him. They did not replace him, exactly. So, you know, he is a weapon. He's good. I, I don't love receivers where you question their hands. And I think at times people did question his his hands. Yeah. But overall, you know, he, he did have good stats. He's had success everywhere he's gone. He is a solid player. So he will be missed. But does that... I mean, I... I do you think they're better off without him? That you are, you're always better along, uh, better off without somebody as long as somebody else steps up. CD Lamb was developing well, so CD Lamb. Tech, I think CD now Lamb who's the second? Year, who's the second wide receiver? It's supposed to be what? Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, and so he's not going to start the season. He had an ACL tear earlier this year, I believe, in February. I think if I'm right, I, but I, I guess you have to quote me. This is a podcast that we do, but. Um, I know that he's coming back from an injury. They picked up James Washington from Pittsburgh to kind of run the slot routes. He tore his ACL or hurt his knee. He's out for the rest of the season. So they're kind of dwindling at wide receiver, which is why I think that Philadelphia has a better opportunity here, specifically this season, to 
be better than the Dallas Cowboys, but having would you rather have CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup with Dak Prescott as your quarterback, or would you rather have um, Jalen Hurts as your quarterback with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? I'm a gambler. I, I want to roll the dice with Philadelphia. But how is that how is that a better gamble than you have a like well, because you know you, what your, what you your... know what Dak Prescott's got. Yeah, and he's great. He's great. But they don't seem like they're getting over that playoff hump to make make it a few games into the playoffs in recent years. I mean, he did loop miss an entire what well, most of a season two years ago. Yes. And then last year he didn't have last year it was, it's actually important. Last year Dak did not have a preseason, he did not have any preseason games, came in, he started off hot. Um, but unfortunately, everybody just remembers the end of the season in the playoffs. But So you're saying you would rely more on wide receiver talent with, an, let's say, a younger quarterback that hasn't found his rhythm yet over a veteran quarterback that is probably top five or six, um, top eight in the game with just one wide receiver that's proven? Yeah, you know what? You make a good point. It, this is probably why I'm not... Anywhere near conversation for a GM spot in the NFL, but yeah, that's, that's I'm just why. looking at the entire. I never like it when you're relying solely on one guy. You're right. you're relying on this one uh, quarterback to wide receiver connection, and if that's not working out in a game, you don't have much else to go on. I think that the Eagles have a little bit more in that wide receiver room that they have potential with other guys stepping up that they can probably make a little more happen. Would you rather put all your eggs in one basket or diversify your portfolio a little bit? The question is, of course, the quarterback. Because Jalen Hurts, like we already emphasized multiple times, unproven. Dak Prescott, yes, he is a good quarterback. I'm not disputing that. But when he's got one weapon only, like I don't personally have the most faith in Michael Gallup just because I feel like this is not the first injury he's had. Am I wrong about that? I... Where he's missed a little substantial bit of time. I'm not, he's not a proven number two guy. I'm not sure about his injury history, but I would say that in more of a defense for this conversation is who has the better running game. Because Dallas has Zeke and Tony Pollard. Zeke had a, a huge amount of touchdowns last year, but Tony Pollard runs the ball better. Whereas in Philly, I think it's kind of less of a run game, but you have Jalen Hurts running the ball more often. So there's a kind of a dual threat there. Yeah, you know what? I as running backs, I do like the running game in Dallas more. I don't think Zeke's yeah. somebody who's people thought again he's going to be better, but he's not a terrible player. He's putting up numbers. Would you rather have Zeke or Saquon? Right now, I take Zeke. I take Zeke too, and I think they're both underwhelming from what they're supposed to be. But I think Zeke is a more consistent player than Saquon Barkley is, even without the injuries. Like I know Saquon's younger. And has more injury history, but that's part of the game. Yeah, I part mean, of the game. injuries are going to happen. You're yeah. not the other team's not going to lighten up just because you got an injury history. No, so I, I, I mean, I don't even know why I got the Giants involved in that, but I think it was just those are the two names at running back in this division, like Antonio Gibson's in Washington, and then you have uh, who is it uh, in what's the other team? We did Philly. We did New York. Philly. Philly. Philly is, uh, yeah, we talked about them, Kenneth Gainwell and um, Miles Sanders. So it's like, I don't know, I think a better run game opens up a better wide, like a better throwing game. But that being said, I think Philadelphia's wide receivers are better than 
Uh, Dallas is wide receivers, but Dallas's running backs are better than Philly's running backs. Yeah. So it kind of was, but I think we can agree that this division is coming down to those two teams. I don't think Washington or the Giants have any chance. And at, I agree. At and as you said, that unless you're mistaken, that both teams made the playoffs, squeaked into the playoffs last year. I mean, I think Dallas had a decent record. They were one of the better teams in the NFC, but with Philly sneaking in, I think Philly's improving from last year. I think so too, and I think Dallas is. Has not improved at any position at any one position, whereas I think that Philly has has improved specifically at the wide receiver position. They know that hey, we have a young quarterback. Let's go out there and let's get him some weapons. That seems to do well with teams is when you actually put the ball in someone who can catch it. Like as simple as that sounds, but if you have a quarterback that just likes to sling the ball, give him weapons. Let him go. We saw what happened with Matthew Stafford when he went to St. Louis. Is LA, LA Rams. LA Rams is that uh, he started slinging the ball around and, and they started winning. So yeah. it's the more weapons you can give your quarterback, the better. And Philly is the team in this division I, that went out and did that. I don't know why they traded Amari Cooper. I don't know who they brought in for different money. I don't know if they were over or under the salary cap. But even if we don't think that Amari Cooper is a top wide receiver, he's better than what they have now. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Now, a question for you. The other explosive player on Dallas last year, over on the defensive side, Trayvon Diggs. Yes, okay. He did lead. He was he was fun to watch. He did lead in interceptions, but as a corner, he also led in the most yards given up. Yes. Do you think he can repeat with the interceptions, or do you think that number is going to decrease? Well, it all depends on what you want out of him. So... If you want the interceptions out of him, him taking those big risks, then you're going to get the interceptions. But if you go into this offseason saying, hey, we want you to take less risks with the interceptions, we need to like bring down the number of yards against you because that's hurting us more, then I think that he's going to have that number decrease, the interception number decrease, because it, it was high last year. It was 11. Um, but do you want that? Like, I don't know if I would want that because you always want your offense to have the ball. And I don't think the other DBs are getting as many interceptions as him. So let him, let him get the ball back. Right? You want the ball in your offensive hand. Is that not, or would you rather have less yards? I mean, I think it has. And again, this has to go with how the rest of the team works. Like, how much do you trust your defense? How tight is the rest of your defense? Do you have a very tight defense with one guy just giving up yards when you don't want it to be happening? I don't know the answer to this. I I, I didn't study their defense well enough to know. But I agree with you that, you know, the the interceptions are huge, not just for getting the ball back, but just the psychological, you know, mentality for not only do they give you a big boost in energy, but they take away from the other team's quarterback, Absolutely. right? Yeah. They start to get in his head when he's worried about throwing picks. Absolutely, yeah. But wouldn't you want that they say turnovers and field position win games? So if he's out there getting these turnovers at the highest level in the game, why would you take that, tell him to take less risks? Well, I think the only thing is how many times does he gamble and it costs them big? I think we, did we look at it? He, he had he, four touchdowns against him. Yeah, 907 yards. Individual. He get him himself, he himself gave up four touchdowns um, on his own accord and 907 yards. And how much so, did he score? He scored two touchdowns off his 11 interceptions, but how much did the offense score? Offense interceptions. I don't have that number, but don't you? Wouldn't you rather have the chance to score with the ball 
instead of just him like taking these opportunities. He only gave up four touchdowns. Yeah. I at the end of the day, I I like him as a player, and I think you gotta do what your player does best. Play to their strengths. Yeah. Don't Absolutely. start don't start to change his game around to something that he's not good at. And I can't say he's not good at that, but if his strength is, you know, that playing that little gamble of he's gonna give up some yards, but he's gonna get he's gonna get uh some interceptions every now and some big interceptions every now and then. That's the kind of player you have, and that is that is a valuable player to a lot of teams. Well it's a plus minus of seven, right? Like eleven interceptions. I know they're not touchdowns, but yeah. Four, he gave up four touchdowns, probably taking. Well, he's goals. off the field once after that touchdown, anyways. I mean, after that interception, so that's that's up to the, that's up that's to up the, up the offense. offense. Yeah, but you have to trust that your offense is going to score points off turnovers. That's what wins you games in this league. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I personally, I would rather have him continue to get the interceptions, unless he's making just the most boneheaded decisions you can. But eleven interceptions, like there was, I think six or seven games in a row where he had an interception. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know. They have, but they also have Micah Parsons, which is one of the better linemen and linebackers in the game. So it's a good young defense in the Cowboys. It's just those two, if they can stay together, and Micah Parsons said this in the offseason, he's like, if you can keep us together, we will be a force to be reckoned with. So who knows? I mean, Trayvon Diggs is Stefan Diggs' brother, so maybe they might want to go somewhere to play together, but... This episode of Running Down the Clock is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan Skincare. Busy Bee is an all-natural skincare line dedicated to healthy, vegan, plant-based skincare and overall wellness. They offer a selection of handcrafted body scrubs, butters, and washes that not only make your skin glow, but smell amazing. Their unique all-natural scents include gingerbread, ruby grapefruit, caramel cake, and morning latte. So why not treat your skin to something fresh and all-natural? Head over to shopbusybevegan.com today. And as a special bonus, Busy Bee is offering listeners of this podcast a 15% discount on your first order with the code ORDINARYPODCASTS. So Tyler, what's going to be your order of rankings for the division? This division, I got Philly, then Dallas, then Washington, and then the Giants. I think Philly wins. So the odds makers actually have Philly at 8.5 wins with Dallas at 10.5. Okay. Do you want to play the game? Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go season. schedule. Let's see if I actually... Let's check the schedule. If I can hold up with... So let's start with Philly. Philly season opener is at Detroit. That's a win for Philly. Sorry, Detroit. Minnesota. Uh, win for Philly. That's home. At, at Washington. Win for Philly. Versus Jacksonville. Win for Philly, so 4-0. To start the season, 4-0. At Arizona. Loss. Versus Dallas. Versus Dallas. So that's Philly at home. So that's Philly at home, Philly. Pittsburgh versus Pittsburgh. Win for Philly. At Houston. Win for Philly. Versus Washington. Win for Philly. At Indy. Loss. Versus Green Bay? Loss. Versus Tennessee? Loss. Wow. Yeah, I know. At New York? Uh, Win for Philly. At Chicago? Win for Philly. At Dallas? Loss. Versus New Orleans? Loss. And then versus New York to end the season? Win. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's an 11-win season. 11 wins for Philly, yeah. Okay. Do you want to try the same thing with yeah, Dallas? let's go through Dallas because I, 
let's I better hope that I do this properly. Okay. Season starts versus Tampa Bay. Loss. Loss. Versus the Bengals. Loss. At New York Giants. Win. Versus Washington. Win. At Los Angeles Rams. Loss. At Philly. Loss. Versus Detroit. Win. Versus Chicago. Win. At Green Bay. Loss. At Minnesota. Loss. Versus New York. Win. Versus Indy. Loss. Versus Houston. Win. At Jacksonville. Win. Versus Philly. Loss. At Tennessee. Loss. At Washington. Win. So you put them at eight. Yeah. I think Philly wins. I think Philly wins. I don't trust Dallas. I don't... Okay, here's the thing I have with Dallas, and it is a Dak Prescott thing. It's the same thing I had with Tony Romo. I think that they are both very good quarterbacks, but I do not think that they have that, let's say, moxie to win certain games to get into playoffs and to further themselves into playoffs. So I I think that the team that Philadelphia has is better than what Dallas has. And if we are going just based off quarterback and quarterback is the end-all, be-all of the league, then, yeah, probably Dallas wins. But I don't think that he is a good enough step above what Jalen Hurts will become in order to have those winning games. So I honestly, I think Philadelphia wins this division. I think they win, apparently, 11 games. That's a bold prediction, but the stats don't lie. I mean, we went through it all. Well, the best part is that we can go, at the end of this season, we'll be able to go through this and say, like, I was either absolutely correct, which it will be, or horribly wrong, and then you guys can all stop listening if you want to stop listening. Now, just as the boldest prediction, who's going to be the kind of overlooked team in this division? Is it going to be Washington or New York? Do you think even, this is not, you know, the make or break, but which team do you think is actually going to surprise everybody and why? In terms of, like, I think Washington has a better record than New York does by the end of the year. But I think that New York Giants surpassed their win-loss prediction by more wins than Washington does. Specifically, because I think they've got less to lose. They're a younger team. They've got a new head coach. Um, It's nothing against Ron Rivera with Washington, but Brian Dayball got Josh Allen to where Josh Allen needed to be. And with the draft that... New York Giants had with they got one of the better defensive ends in the league one of the better players in that draft who could have easily went first overall they picked up him and the best offensive lineman who also could have went first overall in this draft so I think there's a little more reason for them to be positive about this season in terms of their youth and putting it together than Washington they've kind of make a break on Carson Wentz here like their whole season is about Carson Wentz. They can't go back to Tyler Heineke. He's, I mean, they could, but he's not winning games for them. He's not specifically the guy that's there out of trust in case Carson Wentz doesn't do well. So, I mean, this could also be a Washington team that trades for Garoppolo, maybe? I mean, they just gave up everything for Carson Wentz, but they want to win. They have an offensive line. They've got great wide receiver in uh, Tamar McLaurin. The run game's good. Their defense is good. 
they're in a division that hasn't proven to be an 11 win division it's always kind of sneak in so if they want to do well this season it might be one of those like we have to go for it now and they might just go after garoppolo if carson Wentz stinks but i don't think heineke is going to be the answer so yeah i think the giants surprise more teams with like a five win season than the washington redskins do with like a six win season and no chance ron rivera wants to reunite with cam newton is cam newton still around I mean, he's he's around the league. I don't think he's being picked up at all. Did he ever go to Washington? I don't know if he ever... They talked about him going. They talked think... about it. They talked about the reunion with Ron Rivera. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever suited up for them. I, I don't remember. know if he's ever hit a practice field for them. I can't remember if he has. Because he was also one of those guys, like COVID guys, that um, Ron Rivera needed everybody to be double-vaxxed because he's a high-risk patient. Um, or high-risk person because of his cancer. But I, I think that was the only flaw with the, the Cam Newton going to Washington. So, I mean, yeah, I guess Cam Newton's out there. I don't know if you... I would rather have Garoppolo, though. No? Is Cam Newton still a good player? I mean, I don't think Garoppolo's the guy to take you to the play uh, through the Super Bowl either. He needs that team around him that's going to carry him most of the way. Sure, but he makes less mistakes than Cam Newton does. But... I think he's kind of similar to what you were talking about with Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. He's not that big play no. guy. How much faith do you have in Jimmy Garoppolo with the game on the line? I don't think he's that guy. He's a guy he can make good plays throughout the game, rely on the defense a little bit, rely on other playmakers making the plays. But, I mean, there's very few guys in the league, to be fair, that are that guy like an Aaron Rodgers or someone that yeah. at the end of the game you trust with the game on the line. But, you know, I'd put Matt Stafford over him for that. Because yeah, but the question is, would you put him over Carson Wentz? No, I'm not a fan of Carson Wentz just because... So you'd put Garoppolo ahead of Carson Wentz or you put Carson Wentz ahead of Garoppolo? Because that's the option. Yeah, I'd put Garoppolo ahead of Carson Wentz. Well, there you go. That's the question, right? Yeah. But also, I just see Garoppolo's kind of stagnant. He's kind of the same guy his whole career. I've never seen him get better. I've never seen him get worse. Now, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo takes his job, just for hypotheticals, in Washington. Jimmy Garoppolo's got two rings. Does he hate Jimmy Garoppolo because this guy's got two no, rings? No, but that's completely fucking different, and you know it. That's, this guy took his team and won a Super Bowl. And as awesome that probably has been for the last three or four years, over time, it's going to slowly become... Nick Foles won a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it'll be less talk about Carson Wentz. At where is the turning point of years where that starts to go sour for Carson Wentz? So I think ultimately your question is, would he have preferred when he went down, Nick Foles just had an abysmal season, not didn't make the playoffs, knocked out first round, just a terrible season, and then he lives on happier knowing that I was the man for those 11 wins while Nick Foles was crap, I don't think he prefers that. I think he's happier that it worked out for the team. Now he got his, he now, at least earned eleven wins. Yeah, but he at least earned the ring that he was on pace for his goal. I agree, but that is not what's going to happen. What is going to happen is he is going to sit in sports bars at the age of fifty and talk about a Super Bowl ring that he won, and people in Philly will be like, "You mean?" The one that Nick Foles won. Nick Foles coming in and saving that season, I would argue that added 
to the myth that is Carson Wentz. Because if that team went nowhere, lost, got crushed in the first round of the playoffs, and just went nowhere, I don't think anybody would really care about Carson Wentz, uh, Carson Wentz, 11-win season. But wouldn't, I, wouldn't they say, oh, if we had Carson Wentz, we'd be able to, we would have won? You could say that, but I don't think teams run on ifs as much as... Fans like, do. Fans do. We're just fans. We're not on... But what I'm saying is, he wouldn't have those jobs afterwards. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be getting the job in Indy. He wouldn't be getting that com- job for the Commanders. I think that added to the lore, the myth, the what if of Carson Wentz, just because they didn't fade into obscurity. They went and won the Super Bowl, and he was a big part of that team. He did the regular season. He did all the dirty work, got them there. Nick Foles carried him through. That got him his next jobs. That kept him employed for a while. Had they gone to nothing, I think that diminishes Carson Wentz's name too. I don't think it makes a difference though. I think that because he won those 11 games, I don't know if the Super like everyone always said, oh, when he's back, we'll be good. When he's back, we'll be good. They would never work. Right. So then when he came back and they weren't good, everyone said, nah, he was nothing. So what are you saying? I'm saying that the win actually cemented both of them as these guys. It was like a co-quarterback season. They shared the workload. Sure, that would be the saving grace to him winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, but the mentality of him not getting the credit that Nick Foles got for it, that's what's going to bug him. But, I mean, you could say that for every player forever, right? But not. He didn't say it about he didn't these play. two. He didn't play. Exactly. And he wasn't. it wasn't that... He was sitting on the sidelines ready to go. He couldn't play. And he knew he couldn't play. Sure. But that over time, is it's like Brian Scalabrini with the Celtics. It's like, I'm going to tell my kids that in like 10 years, like, yeah, I played on that team. And then in 15 years, I was a starter on that team. And then in 25 years, I would, no, I was the MVP of the finals of that year. Like, I mean, over time, everything, your opinion shifts. And it's only going to get worse for Carson Wentz, as Nick Foles talked about more, as a Super Bowl champion. I agree with that part. What I'm arguing is I don't think he's going to hold the resentment to Nick Foles. Nick Foles did nothing but help him. By Nick Foles succeeding... Sure, but this is not about Nick Foles anymore. It's about him having his name less less attached to the Super Bowl over time. I think he will get the due credit for a guy Bullshit. who didn't play... For, no a guy, for a guy who didn't play in the playoffs, who didn't play in the Super Bowl, I think he's getting his due credit... He didn't play. The fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, when people ask him, oh, how much did you play in those playoffs? Nothing. He didn't play. Sure, that's what's going to make him angry. But that's not Nick Foles' fault. That's his own... I'm not saying it's Nick Foles' fault. All I'm saying is that the resentment is going to come because every time they get to the Super Bowl, the name Nick Foles is going to come up. And that's the... He may love Nick Foles, but he's going to fucking hate hearing Nick Foles' name every time he wears his Super Bowl ring. That's all I am saying. I think we got to get him on the phone and ask him. Okay, well, if any of you know Carson Wentz or Nick Foles, please tell them about this little podcast because we have questions. We will leave you with that. Have a great night. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.